Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network, uh, as we are here to cover a brand new show that is half over, only five days after it debuted. Uh, we are talking about Obi Wan Kenobi. Hello there, Obi Wan. Uh, <laughs> I like the mullet, Obi Wan. <laughs> I love the mullet, Obi Wan. Everyone loves the mullet, uh, but uh, even Hayden Christensen loves the mullet. Uh, he still doesn't <laughs> like sand, but he loves the mullet. Uh, <laughs> but Obi-Wan Kenobi is finally here, and we are finally able to talk about it. Uh, and we are delayed because I had some flooding in my basement, and Ben was sick. And, uh, well, let's just be honest. We were too excited about the return of Hayden Christensen. We just we, we, we put ourselves into a coma. We had to uh, clean ourselves. <laughs> Exactly, yes. (laughs) But Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're going to discuss the first three episodes now, and I'm so glad that we actually uh, do have the third episode to talk about now because, wow. uh, (laughs) uh, But uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader and the Grand Inquisitor and Uncle Owen and Little Luke and um, maybe another... Zach Braff. That's the big one. That's what we waited for. That's why episode three was delayed. Uh, my name is Colin and I want to float. Make me float. And my name is Ben. <laughs> yes, it is. Simple. You have waited how many years for that? Oh, just for a character to be called Ben. So many, so many episodes. Uh, I, I think we've had that before. But, uh, you know, I, I, I've got to live up to the fact that I am a Kenobi. You know, maybe I'm his brother. <laughs> maybe I'm his brother that he remembers, you know. And also, mentions about Natalie Portman happen a lot in this show. So that's a good thing. Oh, sadly. Uh, don't there's, sadly there's... me. You don't dislike Padme. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the one of the ones they mentioned I'm actually excited to talk about. Uh, I, I, I think it's something that's going to be read differently. Um, but <laughs> or, or it came off differently than they expected. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yes, Obi-Wan Kenobi... Uh, I woke up, I think 5.30 in the morning on the Friday this debuted, just so I could watch it uninterrupted, not have anything spoiled for me before I started work. Uh, and then, of course, I watched the uh, the new episode yesterday uh, at the time of recording this. I don't know if it's the time it's airing, but uh, uh, I mean, all I can say is, wow, I mean, this this has completely lived up to my expectations. And it's definitely different than I thought it would be. I mean, uh, the, the big plot twist, which we'll kind of start by talking about before we kind of get into each Oh, these are spoilers, episode. by the way, people, if you didn't this read This is spoilers, the, uh, yes. Let's let's yes. tell people. We are spoiling this show for you. Anakin Skywalker uh, we- is like Skywalker's father. Oh, thanks for ruining the movie, pal. Uh, <laughs> well, it's kind of obvious if you think about it. <laughs> but, That's not uh, how Star Wars works. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, this is this is kind of the, the the show that is following the prequels. I mean, so much so, and I know we were excited about following the prequels, but 
everything that Disney's done up until this point, I mean, it, they're not quite distancing themselves as much from the prequels as everybody claims they are. Uh, if you watch The Force Awakens, there's prequel stuff in there. If you watch Rogue One, there's actually a lot in Rogue One that uh, nobody really uh, gives it credit for. Uh, and even in Solo, there's prequel stuff. But I mean, this one, this is a prequel story so much that it opens with a four minute long prologue mm. recapping the prequel trilogy, which was so exciting. Uh, and then so much more stuff after that. But uh, I mean, I don't know, basic thoughts on these first three episodes. I mean, I completely love it. I love it so much. I can't even talk about it. You talk. Yeah, I I love them. I mean, I sort of had waited up till about midnight last um, Friday, well, Thursday night, Friday morning, to see if they, like, came available straight away on how I access them because somebody doesn't have Disney+. Plus. Um, but they took a little bit of time, so I kind of like, oh, okay. And then basically held off and didn't end up watching them until Friday night. It's actually I came home from top gun and basically straight away watched them so um oh what a night oh, i know tom cruise hayden christensen ewan mcgregor it was porn.com um <laughs> visit that website by the way colin that's also where it. you legally got the episodes of obi-wan kenobi exactly porn.com everybody get it now um but yeah so i i watched them love them and then the third episode yesterday uh watched it yesterday and I agree with you. I think it's kind of lived up to everything that we've we've thought it would be. Uh, the prequel little recap was amazing. Um, it's just it's just so exciting to me that you know I'm definitely on the page that Disney seems to fob off the prequels. But it, you know just the fact that straight away it's like, hey, four minutes worth of prequels. Here we go, and then we get straight into it. And it's just it's so well put together, so well done, and it's kind of it. it I think it's doing a really good job three episodes in of really tying that into then what Obi-Wan becomes in A New Hope. There is one sort of questionable thing they've done, which I like what they've done with it. It was probably the biggest um, surprise to all of us about a storyline they've added and a character they've brought in, which I definitely have questions about what that means for episode four, but I'm sure you're a smarter man than I am. You can explain it off a little bit more. But, I mean, having said that, they're also doing quite a good job of I guess, retconning certain things that are going to happen in episode four. You know, like, why is Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fighting like two old men with sticks? Well, we kind of saw that already. Um, you know, how does Leia remember her mother in Return of the Jedi? Um, we're kind of maybe getting some ideas about how that's possible. So, like, I kind of think there's some clever little subtle things that they've done to retcon some plot holes in the original trilogy which are working but um yeah so far so great ewan mcgregor amazing that man does not age what a beautiful beautiful man um and hayden christensen i mean we've literally seen a bald head connected to some pipes we've seen him from the distance but then we've seen him in a darth vader suit and i mean i think this is the first time we've seen him in a darth vader suit walking and not taking one step going no <laughs> so i mean everything so far has been great and also james l jones surprised that they got him back um yeah. i mean he is darth vader i know but after what happened in rogue one i think a few people were doubting whether he should do darth vader's voice again but they've fixed it so that's it i've covered all my thoughts thanks for listening there we go and you can subscribe to patreon to hear more quality content like this <laughs> and zach braff and Zach Braff. <laughs> and Flea. Flea. We can't forget Flea. And okay, Kamal. so <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I, what I wanted to do is I want us to kind of cover each episode individually. Uh, but uh, but before we do that, we have to talk about the big thing, which is the, the character nobody expected. I mean, really, two characters nobody expected. So spoilers ahead, spoilers ahead. Jar uh, Jar 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 is back. Uh, the he, was real the, he was in the preview little recap. <laughs> 
Does that Miss make of the new exciting? Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> he might he might come back. I mean, they mentioned Qui-Gon about 30 times. So we're all waiting for Liam Neeson to show up. But, like, I'm just wanting Jar Jar to show up. Come on. Oh, I mean, we had Padme. He's the only one they haven't mentioned so far. Come on. What's with yeah. you? Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, the... The, the main thing that I guess was the surprise here, spoiler ahead again, in case you didn't hear me the first six times, um, Leia is in this show. I mean, uh, this is... Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher is back from the grave. Uh, but what's so great about this is that um, it, it's the way this was promoted. And, and I think everybody for years has always assumed, okay, Obi-Wan's on Tatooine. I mean, he's there. He's on Tatooine because of Luke. He says, I'll watch after the boy. We know that there's this bitterness between Owen and uh, Obi-Wan before uh, we really even meet Obi-Wan in A New Hope. And the fact that they showed in the trailer, the little Luke, I mean, everybody's expecting at this point, if you if you had any doubts, by the time you saw the trailer, you're 100% expecting, yes, it's going to be Luke. Even when they released the cast, you know, we have Luke. I mean, the way they promoted this to tease everybody into, this is going to be a story of Obi-Wan and possibly Luke. And then biggest surprise, we get a little... Pop-up cameo, not even a cameo, really, kind of a major role. Jimmy Smits is back Jimmy for the second Smits. time. And I love that Jimmy Smits is the guy where I, we sort of mentioned in Attack of the Clones. You know, he was, uh, uh, I guess, one of the bigger stars that they cast in the Star Wars prequels. I mean, mostly they went with unknown actors. I and mean, even Ewan McGregor, at the time he was cast, a lot of people were like, oh, that guy in that train spotting movie? Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but heard it's good. Uh, but uh, you, you have, what, Liam Neeson, Samuel Jackson, that's pretty much it. And then when they got Jimmy Smith's, I mean, that was a big deal. And that's kind of, it's kind of lived up to Jimmy Smith's is a big deal, even yeah. still, because Rogue One, that's like the surprise cameo. And here I'm like, oh, a surprise Jimmy Smith's cameo. And then when you see the little girl, you're like, I bet you that's Leia. And I'm still expecting to be a cameo. Little did anybody know that this is the storyline. I mean, the storyline of Obi-Wan, at least three episodes in. And by the time we get to the end of episode three, we're going to learn four episodes in, uh, is about protecting little Leia. And Wow, I mean, just just the surprise of that, I think, is the 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 best thing about this show so far. Not to mention the little girl they got to play her. You know, it's interesting. My, I told my brother, "Tell me when you've seen the episode because there's there's a, a good surprise character in there." And his comment was, which I completely one hundred percent agree with, this little girl nails the Leia, Leia character more in two episodes and now three than Carrie Fisher did in three movies. Uh, one of which she was dead for, so let's not give her all the blame for that. But I mean, she is Leia. And the greatest thing is she is Leia as a kid. I mean, this is this is 100% what you expect. And there's moments where you see Anakin in her. There's moments where you see Padme. I mean, that's the surprise. I mean, at this point, people are being Grogu, who, I mean, everybody loves little Leia. Yeah, and... I absolutely wasn't expecting this. No one was expecting this. And kind of I'm thinking, as soon as I first see it, I'm thinking like, oh, no, what are they going to do with this? And I was thinking like, this is going to be annoying. But I think it works perfectly. And I think also you're right. Like this little girl, Vivian Lyra Blair, who is Bird Box girl. This is uh, the little girl from Bird Box, if you didn't know that. And I'm also just seeing here, I'm watching The First Lady right now with Keith Sutherland in it. Um, and she plays the little girl version of Eleanor Roosevelt, who is obviously goes on to be Gillian Anderson in that show. So um, she's been in a few different things already, but she's great. And yeah, absolutely feel like she is Leia. I definitely get some Padme vibes from her as well. Um, and yeah, like the fact that we get some more Alderaan stuff and it's kind of a bit awkward in Alderaan because you're just all like, you're going to die. Um, but <laughs> It's also like, you know, when she gets kidnapped, it's kind of like, well, that whole thing about we're peaceful nation, we have no weapons. Well, it's kind of your own fault then why you got kidnapped then, Leia. Um, <laughs> but 
yeah, it was a nice surprise. And, you know, to get Jimmy Smith, I mean, anything with Jimmy Smith in it makes it automatically better. So, yeah, and it is it is kind of a surprising that this is clearly the plot, um, you know, of, of having Leia in it. And we've seen Luke once. So, you know, that that's interesting. My, my only question, this is my only... I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts on it because I'm going over my mind about does this create a plot hole for episode four? When Leia creates the whole help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're only only hope. When she starts that video off with, you know, years ago, you served my father, you know, under in the Clone Wars. Like to me, she acts like in that video, like she's never met the man before. So like, does this kind of like make that a little bit, you know, like, hey, well, she has met him because she, he was her rescuer. Like, that's the one that I'm questioning. That's the one where yeah. I'm kind of like, well, does that create a problem for that? So, I mean, a lot of people have brought that up. And, and to me, this kind of goes back to, you really have to pay attention to how they shoot these things. Uh, people brought up the same thing. It's like, well, why does Owen not recognize 3PO and R2? It's like, well, first of all, in Attack of the Clones, Owen has been there for like two days because it's not his farm, it's his dad's farm. And 3PO, you know, is literally an appliance. He's a dishwasher to them or whatever. So he's not going to recognize a droid. They bring up the same thing with uh, Obi-Wan. I never I never recall owning a droid. It's like, again, droids are just, you know, uh, appliances to them. So it's not a big deal. Uh, or even uh, Darth Vader, like, why doesn't he recognize 3PO? It's like, well, all these protocol droids are the same. It's kind of the same thing with Obi-Wan. I mean, if you've watched up to this point, and that was the first thing I thought of, but in, in my head, I was thinking, well, I'm going to watch and see if he's ever referred to as Obi-Wan because she's always referred to as Obi-Wan in A New Hope. And it's only when Luke mentions I'm here with Ben Kenobi where she says, Ben Kenobi, which we even kind of joked in that. She's like, does she know who Ben Kenobi is? At this point, I mean, he's identified himself as a Jedi. He's identified himself only as Ben to her and not as Obi-Wan. And anything that's happened, I mean, aside from just a couple of force powers, she's not present for. So I think at this point, this is something where they're going to cover for it by having him never identified as Ben. And also think, I mean, she's 10 years old at this point. I mean, I'm sure this isn't the last time she's gotten into trouble, but it's it's clever so far how they have made sure she's not identifying as Obi-Wan. And when you watch A New Hope, she's the only one identifying as Obi-Wan, which means she's been kept in the dark. Uh, Also, Bail Organa in no way is ever going to say you know, oh, you need to find Obi-Wan Kenobi. He actually rescued you because, again, the information of Obi-Wan existing gets out. That's a problem. So from everybody else's perspective, especially a a transmission that could be intercepted or whatever, they never would have allowed them to say, oh, you know, he he, uh, got you to rescue me when I was 10 years old. I mean, they, they would make sure that there was no communication that exists that proved that they had any contact. So what you're saying is, is that you are right from a certain point of view, that's what you're trying to uh, to, to that say. That is here. exactly what I'm saying. From a certain point, I actually I almost wanted to lead with that. Like, from a certain point of view, <laughs> it's, there's I mean, another yeah. one though. Like there's there's another plot hole that people are picking up on the show where I'm like, really think about it. It's not What's really a plot one? hole. Well, we'll get there. Okay. Oh, wrong. sorry. Just sorry. In there. <laughs> sorry. 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 So you should be. Yeah. <laughs> just in general, just for life. Well. Shut up. <laughs> for for all the positive things you said about Natalie Portman over the years. <laughs> oh, don't I, start. I feel like I'm 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 not gonna say I'm warming up to Natalie Portman, but uh, oh oh I'm, what 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 I'm, what I'm what? at that point where you know again I'm not thrilled that we're getting her in the new Thor movie because I know her performance is probably gonna suck, but like again I mentioned it before, like she looked like she she worked out for this movie, she got in good shape, she looks you know 
physical and strong and and I don't know. She she hasn't said anything stupid in a couple of years, so, <laughs> so maybe one day I'll be excited. You like your women quiet and with muscles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's so my shut kind up, of Natalie, woman. and work out. <laughs> I did appreciate you saying that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I think what we'll do is we'll kind of just talk about each episode individually first, uh, not covering every single scene or anything. But really, we have three distinctive episodes here with the one you know, continuous storyline of uh, the Leia kidnapping. But uh, episode one, really from Obi-Wan's point of view, is just him on Tatooine. This is what everybody expected, him on Tatooine. And I know that um, it's been talked about for a long time that uh, Ewan McGregor really wanted this character to be kind of defeated. You know, he he's he's not like Luke in The Last Jedi, but, but I feel like it almost will help The Last Jedi in a way to see you know, Jedi's definitely get defeated and they kind of give up on things. And in the case of Obi-Wan, it's not they presented quitters. so much. He's a big quitter, <laughs> uh, not as big of a quitter as Luke. I mean, he, he was never as whiny, but, uh, but I, I think that uh, the difference with Obi-Wan being that there's the one line that he has where there's another Jedi in this uh, uh, movie as well, by the way, at least on Tatooine in this that uh, talks to Obi-Wan at one point. And he has that line where he's like, you know, it's over. We lost. And, you realize that uh, the the last line they had in Revenge of the Sith when Yoda and Obi Wan are talking, where he's like, you know, into hiding we must go, uh, and uh, it, it's it's basically trying to set it up like, hey, let's bide our time, and then ten years has passed, and Obi Wan, I feel like, you know, just has pretty much given up at this point. I feel like a lot of people would give up. You know, he's figuring, okay, if anything is resolved, it's not going to be in my lifetime, so there's no sense in this. So I love that we have defeated Obi Wan here. You know, he's working a job as a meat cutter. <laughs> This is terribly unsanitary. I don't even know the sanitation laws in Star Wars, but there's a giant type of space whale that's just sitting in the sand that's coarse and rough and irritating. <laughs> uh, but it must have some magical preservation powers because, I don't know, six days pass on Christmas or something, and they're still cutting meat off of the rotting flesh out in the sun and the humidity. We know it's humid on Tatooine because there are moisture farmers there. Uh, and this is what people eat. Now, the one thing that I never quite understood is Obi-Wan is at the end of the day, cutting a little piece for himself. Like, is this allowed? Cause everybody else leaves and nobody else does this. Is this him stealing? Like, is he a thief now yes. too? Uh, it, it's, I guess just average Joe job, you know, he's given up and we have the shot from the trailer of him watching it on Luke. And um, you know, he, he, he gets this plane, which now that was a great little nod. You didn't expect the original, this plane that he finds that he leaves in uh, the, the Lars homestead, uh, for Luke, obviously, uh, this is the same thing that Luke, as a twenty-year-old man, we are kind of joking in New Hope. Is, vroom, vroom. Yeah, yeah. Pew, 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 pew. But it, it's it's nice to see like that came from somewhere, and that Luke has no idea this is Obi Wan. So one of those little things that when you watch a New Hope, you're going to be like, oh, I get where that comes from. It gives you a little that, bit more meaning. Is that like how I know you re, you finally watched Boba Fett? How in one of the episodes they use the ice cream maker as a bomb? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, they kind of like to retcon these certain things. Like, because for years, Star Wars fans have been going, How did Luke Skywalker get his toy plane? And now they're yeah. going, Yes, <laughs> it was Obi Wan. That's how he got it. Yes. Uh, now the, the other side of this uh, being that uh, the, the Leia story happens, or I guess Bail Organa story happens, which, again, we already talked about the surprise of seeing Alderaan, seeing Bail Organa. Now, his wife is recast. Uh, I was I was wondering, like, she doesn't look like the same one that appears in, like, two shots, I think, in um, 
the, the Revenge of the Sith, because we do see his wife, uh, I think, in one of the Senate scenes and then at the end when he's delivering Leia. But this is a completely different actress. Obviously, the first time around, they just we're casting a person. We don't need you to read lines. And this time they figure they get a real actress. Uh, Leia's obviously the troublemaker kid. She's running away. She's got this droid Lola, which we've had some heavy criticism towards some of the droids in uh, the, the Disney Star Wars. And we've loved some of the other droids. I mean, the Rogue One droid was fantastic. The solo droid was terrible. Uh, Lola, I kind of like Lola is basically just BB-8 in the air. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know what Lola's purpose is for Leia other than somebody for her to talk to and to fly around. Uh, but uh, she's obviously always running away and we, we get little uh, seeds dropped that she's never left the planet, that she's always kind of kept enough that she's in hiding I and mean, they know she has a daughter, but they don't want it to get out. Uh, this is all going to lead to, I guess, a confrontation with our cousins where you see how mean Leia is. And, and this I really like because when we see Leia in A New Hope, she's got an attitude to her, like uh, particularly in the scenes with Han, like, listen, your worshipfulness, uh, where she's talking with the scruffy nerf her, like she doesn't mind making people feel bad. And it's so great to see that even as a kid, she's still this mean Leia <laughs> that we love in the later movies. Uh, but uh, the, the big twist is going to come when flee of the red hot chili peppers. <laughs> and I'm going to guess the rest of the chili peppers backing him up. <laughs> He's slapping that bass. He's uh, kidnapping Leia. Give it away. Give it away. You know, give it's it funny away because now. obviously I recognize right away. Is that flea? <laughs> like it's such a weird cameo to throw in there, but like, there's a couple other ones that we're going to get through these episodes. Uh, flea popping up. But I'm sure you're, you're with me. I know the red hot chili peppers. I mean, I've, I've, listen to them for years i'm not a huge fan of them but everybody knows them everybody knows who flea is when i see him i'm thinking needles from back to the yeah. future <laughs> that's that's all um because i always forget when i watch back to the future that that is flea from the red hot chili peppers yeah but i'm just waiting for him to go like what are you chicken <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> See you at the plant tomorrow, Obi-Wan. <laughs> he, he hasn't, again, is he another one that hasn't aged? Like, I mean, is oh, it yeah. just like, seriously, like all the, the Hollywood stars on drugs, like it shows that drugs work. <laughs> it doesn't age you. Like, I mean, God, like he's he's looking good. But um, yeah, I was like, holy crap, McFly. Uh, <laughs> uh, really, Obi-Wan's story ties into this, though, where Bail Organa uh, contacts Obi-Wan or, or he wants him to, uh, well, the message is delivered. And I love that we get the hologram again. You know, I need you to help find my daughter and Obi-Wan being reluctant. This is, again, just going towards Obi-Wan being this defeated character. Like, I don't want to get involved. I have my my place here. Uh, I'm not the same Jedi. We, we keep getting that. I'm not the, the Jedi that you once knew. Um, uh, I want more <laughs> lines like that. Uh, but uh, he eventually agrees, which really does make sense. I mean, this is why when we get a new hope, it, it, it's not going to feel any more like just this random message that's sent, you know, uh, to have Obi- help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. When, when they have that line, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now the audience is going to be able to watch a new hope and be like, it's more than that. Like, this is the guy. And really, he's the only one he could go to. I mean, yes, there are other Jedi in the galaxy. We know that uh, we're going to get in future episodes, you know, the, the Jedi still exists out there and there's still people trying to help them. But Bail Organa having contact with somebody, I mean, the only people who know about Leia, he was told, keep her safe, you know, keep her kind of hidden. The only people who know about this are Yoda and Obi-Wan and nobody's contacting Yoda on Dagobah. So Obi-Wan's the only... And he did tell him, you know, I will go to tattooing with with the boy or whatever. So this is the only person he could go to. And uh, the fact that Obi-Wan's reluctant, you know, is good for the character. 
Um, it, the other Jedi is going to die too. Sad. Uh, another Jedi killed. Uh, and we're also introduced to the other villains, not, not just the Red Hot Chili Peppers crew, but uh, the main villains of this, the, um, the Grand Inquisitor and uh, uh, I guess the Inquisitoresses. <laughs> uh, the, now, these are characters from the Rebels TV series. And the Grand Inquisitor was, at least the beginning of Rebels, the main villain. There was a lot of criticism when this came out about the look of the Grand Inquisitor, because it does look different slightly from the um, the, the animated series. And a lot of the criticism, I guess, is kind of fair in saying like, well, this is the effects you have for aliens. How come the effects in the other movies look so much better than this? Yeah, I can kind of get, it's like, it's a little bit of a, not say rush makeup. He looks very human as opposed to looking alien. Uh, but I, I don't so much mind this as much as a lot of people have because the animated series is only because the audience saw them first. Nobody is watching the Clone Wars animated series and being like, oh, that doesn't look anything like you and McGregor. Like hmm. it's a cartoon. And George Lucas designed the Clone Wars and Rebels was kind of modeled after the same, uh, the, the same idea he didn't want it to look lifelike. Like when George Lucas made the Clone Wars, we covered the Clone Wars movie. He said from the beginning, I want these to look like a cartoon. I, he, he modeled after marionettes. So to me, the difference between the Grand Inquisitor we get here and then the animated series, I don't care about the look of it, but uh, also the actor who plays the Grand Inquisitor, I actually really thought he was good. Like he has a menacing presence and Jason Rupert Isaacs. Um, uh, yeah, Rupert Friend. Are, are you familiar with him? Like I, I know yeah, Jamie Homeland. was. He was basically, um, what's his face, his replacement in Homeland once oh, um, was he? Damien Lewis left. He was basically the new Damien Lewis. He became the main male star uh, besides um, uh, Manny Timken, of course. But um, no, he he was great in uh, in Homeland. I, I actually know him from Pride and Prejudice, which is maybe Jamie's favorite movie of all time, where uh, he is, I guess, the guy that Kira Knightley is supposed to be set up with, and then you realize he's a big scumbag. So he has it in him to play a scumbag. And I actually just recently saw him. There's a show on Netflix called Anatomy of a Scandal, where he plays a politician who's involved in a trial, a rape trial or whatever. Uh, he has something about him where he looks completely innocent, uh, but yet he has like this dark side to him, you know, mm. and, and it catches you off guard which I think is kind of good for the, his performance is good as a grand inquisitor. So forget about the appearance of this performance is good. And then we will talk a little bit more about the other main villain. Um, I guess after we just sort of covered the storyline, this episode, Riva, who um, is getting a lot of attention right now. Um, I don't know why I don't get it at all. Like, okay, let's yeah. just talk about now. I mean, they, they kind of warned her star Wars fans can be a little bit aggressive. You know, there may be some racist fans out there. We, we all know that there are issues with Ahmed Best. You know, he almost committed suicide over uh, the response people gave him over the years. Uh, I mean, Jake Lloyd, you know, a, a white boy, you know, suffered the same thing. Uh, and Kelly Marie Tran last time. Like, I think there's two sides to this. One, um, yes, there are racist people out there who are just like, oh, of course, you got to have a black woman who's a villain. Uh, and... and that's, you know, whatever I, I completely disagree with it. It's funny because I didn't hear any of this criticism until I'd watched the show. And mm. after just one episode, I was telling Jamie, I was in the middle of the second episode when she woke up and I'm like, this, this girl's really good. Like she's, she's a good villain. So yeah. I, I thought she was great from the beginning. Now, a lot of the criticism people seem to have online, uh, I'm sure there are the racist people, but other people who are criticizing her are picking apart more the performance and the way the characters portrayed. They're saying she's trying too hard, which I, I'm going to give, I'm not going to give defense to the racist people, but I'm going to give defense to some people who may not like her. Uh, and, and not that I agree with them, but when we were doing last Jedi, we talked about 
yeah, Rose is a bad character. It is not a racist thing at all. It's not Kelly Marie Tran's fault. It was a bad character. I don't think Reva's a bad character at all. I think she's a great character. But the problem is you put her in a show where she is sandwiched between two iconic villains, Darth Vader, where everybody knows we're going to get to Darth Vader. And then the Grand Inquisitor, who is the main villain in Rebels, uh, which people love. And they're going to want more of the Grand Inquisitor. They're going to want more Vader. It's just because it's the character they're familiar with. And it's the same reason, not even so much with Rose, but the same reason why even we watched the, the sequels and we're like, I could care less about, you know, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac, because when you have those iconic characters in there, they take the attention away. And it's not that we didn't want more out of Ray and Finn and Poe. We wanted it to be more of their story, but you put too much attention on Luke and Leia and Han that you never gave the audience a chance to love those characters. I think one of the problems with her character, as far as some of the response is the fact that she is in between those two iconic villains and the audience wants more of them and they want less of her, but I don't think it's taken away from her at all. I mean, I think she's a fantastic villain and I think as far as performances go, I think she's one of the better actors in this series. Yeah, I, I I didn't have a clue that anything was being said against her until I saw Star Wars, you know, tweeting out stuff and, and Ewan McGregor's statement and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, I had nothing answered at all. I think she's a great character. I, I don't see why people would dislike her. I mean, everyone knows I don't like Rose. Rose, to me, is the worst character in Star Wars history. But as I mentioned plenty of times when we did those episodes, it's got nothing to do with Kelly Marie Tran or the colour of her skin or what she looks like. It's just I think that character is terrible. Um you know, I and I, annoying too. Like, let's let's add yeah. to that. They wrote an annoying character, not her performance. They wrote her bad. Exactly, and and it's got nothing to do with the the actress who plays her. I don't care that she just happens to be an Asian American actress. Like, it's got nothing to do with that. You can dislike a character who may not be white and not be racist. Like, that is possible to dislike a character based on their character, not how they look. Yes, it is also possible you have idiots out there who are racist who dislike someone because of how they look, and that is wrong. But it it is also possible to dislike a character because they are a terrible character. But I don't I don't see anything wrong with with this character. I think she's a great character. She's interesting. Like I can see what you're saying about how, you know, she's kind of sandwiched between these, but like it's it's sort of as somebody who only really knows the Inquisitors from the Fallen Order video game. Um, you know, I don't really, I've not seen the, the full Rebels or, or all the Clone Wars or read the comics. So I don't know them outside of a video game. So to me, you know, the Grand Inquisitor is nothing more than that guy who was on Homeland. Cool villain. Um, but it's kind of like the dude in Boba Fett, the blue alien guy. Oh, cool Cat guy Bane, who, yeah. Yeah, who, I mean, he was a great villain, but I had no clue who he was. So, you know, those sort of things are lost on me. So, yeah, I want to see more Vader. Yeah, I want to see more Anakin, but... I don't think she takes away. Like, I think she's an interesting character. I think you need to, like, how are you going to just have Vader appear? Like, yeah. Vader's just chilling on Mustafa going, I'm bored. I want Obi-Wan. Like, no, you need kind of like something. And, like, what I like about it, kind of jumping ahead into the third episode, is I like how we're really starting to see the evilness of Vader and the fact that he kind of is this figure who kind of has his armies and cults and all that kind of stuff and like how what we saw in rogue one for a brief minute you know kind of it, it all makes sense that when we get to a new hope that he is kind of just this absolutely revered figure who everyone is terrified of so like i like that so yeah i don't i don't see any problems with her character at all i really don't it's it's terrible that people take it to a certain level it, it really is 
and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, good for Star Wars for calling it out. Good for Ewan McGregor for calling out. For Moses Ingram for calling out. Um, but uh, yeah, I no problem at all with the character. I think she's a great character. Yeah, and uh, let's be honest, we 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 are huge Star Wars fans. I mean, massive Star Wars fans. But we also have a lot of issues that we've talked about before with the Star Wars. Uh, uh, with obviously the Ahmed best thing, you know, Jake Lloyd. I mean, the fans have definitely gone too far in the past. Uh, yeah. and, and even just as being like big complainers, you know, if we are going to go along the route of, okay, we don't like her because they're trying too hard. And secretly what they really mean by that is we want more Vader. We want more Grand Inquisitor. I mean, fair enough, but that's also not good for a show. You can't build franchises off all the old characters i mean this is a series about obi-wan if we also had just the grand inquisitor and vader too much in here we would suffer the same problem that the sequels had where every new character is completely forgettable with the exception of kylo ren because they featured way too much of those characters so what we're going to get in episode two with the grand inquisitor i think is a great twist because uh you know it's good and also the power struggle here just in terms of the story i love that there is this secret power struggle among the Empire and the Inquisitors and even Vader. This is, you know, Reva trying to get her place, the Grand Inquisitor trying to keep his place, Vader being like, I just want Obi-Wan, whoever's going to give him to me. But Vader also, when we get later in the episodes, he's playing these people off of each other He because they're they're disposable to him. I mean, they, they are nothing. He knows in the long run, it's still going to just be me and the Emperor. Like, these people don't really matter. To me, it's almost what they were trying to do in the sequel trilogy with Hux and Kylo Ren, like a Force Awakens, where you kind of, you don't really know who these two are and they're kind of almost playing for power with Snoke. And then ultimately we know how all that played out. So I, I kind of, yeah, I like that they're sort of doing that again, but it, it seems to to work a little bit better. Um, and yeah, like you're right, like Vader playing them off each other. Like it's just, you know, I, I love what they've done with Vader in this series so far. I know I'm sort of jumping ahead with that, but it's kind of, it just, it, it makes sense. And yeah, and like I, I, I think you did. You play the Fallen Order video game? Um, no, I haven't yet. Oh, it's it's amazing, and I mean, you kind of get in that one. I think it's the second sister you get, and what we've got the third sister in this one. But I mean, I, I, I'm among many fans who are hoping for an appearance of um, the the Jedi and that what was his name, Cal. Um, you know, I think they can easily tie him into this somehow. But um, yeah, I, I think like I get a lot of vibes from that video game, uh, kind of in this because I think that was set five years after revenge of the sith so it's kind of mm. like you know five years later here so it's kind of it works quite well um so yeah and just actually really quickly before i forget the the woman who plays the woman who plays um leia's mum not mm-hmm. padme uh so she is a kiwi i thought i recognized her simone kessel uh the kessel run uh she's a kiwi uh who has done a lot of australian stuff uh, so she has done McLeod's Daughters, Water Rats. Um, she's done a lot of um, of the underbellies in Australia. And she was even in San Andreas and Frost Nixon. <laughs> and also in Xena Warrior Princess. So um, she's been around for a bit. Uh, she's actually 46. Looks good for her age. Good for her. Uh, and Moses Ingram, who plays Reva too. I mean, it, it's funny. Mm. I think this is two days in a row where she's the number one trending search on google <laughs> it just tells you a lot about some of the controversy going on with her Queen's right now gambit yeah i was gonna say I, I i saw on the queen's gambit she had a major role in that and uh i only saw the first episode i it, gave up after that 
yeah, that's when they were still kids. So you wouldn't have even gotten to her yet. But uh, I mean, again, great actress. And I think what she does with this character, there's some people saying like she's too over the top. I'm like, I don't find her over the top. In fact, if anything, I feel like she's very subtle for a villain, which is kind of what I want. You don't, we don't want a super over the top villain. She's somebody in the empire who is like trying to suck up to Darth Vader. If like, like this is, and like, I don't know if this is even a race thing. Is it, is it a woman thing? Like, cause I mean, like you think about Giancarlo Esposito, we love him mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian and he's just as campy and over the top as what we're seeing here from Moses Ingram. But like no one criticizes him because he's freaking Giancarlo Esposito and we love that guy. We love Moses Ingram. I don't see any differences between the performances of the two. Uh, so why and they is there serve the same here? role? Really? Really? They're exactly. serving the same purpose in different shows. Exactly. So, like, where's where's the issue there? Is it a is it a gender thing as well? Because, like, I mean, I know that a lot of times, like, I talked a lot about this in our third watch coverage when you had the character of Cruz. She's basically a female Bosco, but people criticize mm-hmm. her. Like, well, is it because she is a woman when she's basically the same character as a male? Yet we criticize her for doing exactly the same thing. So I'm playing that card right now. So yeah, you, you play that card. <laughs> as I'm the, the feminist voice on this show. Yeah, you play the feminist card. You do that. <laughs> um. Okay, so I guess episode two, this is where it turns more into the adventure story. And we saw this planet in the trailers. I can't remember, what is it? Hayu or something like that? Or Haiku? Hayu. <laughs> Haya. <laughs> Fuyak. <laughs> they, they go to Fuyak. <laughs> Obi-Wan goes to Fuyak. Uh, and uh, I, I don't want to criticize this planet too much. Uh, I, I think it's cool to see different environments, but the way that these movies are filmed or these shows are filmed now, I mean, they're, they're, it's it's... It's not like all green screen anymore. Like with the Mandalorian, it's actually kind of a video projection wall that they use. And to me, just a lot of walking through these streets kind of look like a video projection wall on a soundstage. Like I didn't quite get the the otherworldly feel out of this that I think they could have done. Uh, I was hoping for more of like, a, you know, Mos Eisley or uh, even the um, Attack of the Clones when they're kind of in the, the underbelly of That's Coruscant. That's what I thought they were. That's yeah. why I literally thought they were on Coruscant. So I was waiting for you. you want to buy some Death Sticks? Like yeah, I was, exactly. I was waiting for him. Although we get uh, Death Sticks girl here or whatever else she's peddling. Now, have you read who this this cameo is? It's uh, Ewan McGregor's daughter, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Which I wouldn't have reckoned. She doesn't, to me, look like Ewan McGregor. I mean, but then I heard it afterwards. It's cool that he got his daughter in there. And it's cool that his daughter <laughs> is basically his drug pusher. I mean, if anybody's seen the movie Train Spotting, <laughs> uh, this isn't the guy you want to get hooked on heroin. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, that's a cool little cameo they throw in there. We get another little cameo. I, I keep, I want to call them cameos, but they're not really. I mean, what this and I guess the Mandalorian have both become very well known for is let's get famous people in these small roles. It's not a cameo. Mm. It's like a, a role. And uh, I'll never be able to pronounce his name. Uh, Kumail or Kunel Nanji Nanji, the Eternals guy Don't here. Don't look at me. Uh, Don't look at me to pronounce names. <laughs> the guy from the Eternals. Uh. The guy, the Bollywood star from the Eternals. Uh, which is his character a little bit too funny, maybe. But the idea behind his character is cool. I mean, when Obi-Wan lands on the planet, you know, he's told that, oh, yeah, there's a net, another Jedi here or whatever. And it's just this con man. I mean, I like that this guy's character is a con man posing as a Jedi. And there's parts where it almost feels like they're going too funny with him, uh, where he's like, uh, you know, oh, uh, oh, I am a Jedi and I have census. And he's got the, the magnets and everything. But it's something that actually makes sense. I mean, there would be people who are posing as this. And it's funny when he he was asked about what he did for this character, he actually studied magicians and con artists because that's what he is. He's a con artist and a magician. And I, I, I love um, 
uh, they're not necessarily magicians. What do you call them? Um, or, or people just do like readings, uh, like fake psychics. Psychics. Well, the, the fake psychic kind or whatever. Um, I'm not you mind readers. there are readers. real ones? There's, there's a word for it. Like the movie Nightmare Alley that Bradley Cooper, uh, Kate Blanchett did. No, there's there's a name for politicians. It or politicians. Podcast that's it. hosts. <laughs> the Toronto Ki- Maple Leafs. Kiwis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the but, Dutch. Um, but yeah, like he's just conning people into thinking he's a Jedi. I, but I love the way that Obi Wan responds. Like, really, you sensed all that through the Force? You must be very powerful. <laughs> uh, but what I like also in this show is that we Obi Wan doesn't use his Force powers, and we find out why later on. Uh, that, that he doesn't want to give this away. He um, mentalist. That's what it's called. The mentalist um, featuring Simon Baker, <laughs> Simon Baker playing the role of Kumal Nanjiri or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, Often confused. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I love the way Obi-Wan messes with him here. And it does make sense that you, it's something you haven't seen in Star Wars before. You haven't seen a real con artist. You know, we, we got, you know, Han Solo, uh, you could say, is a little bit of a con artist. Lando is definitely a con artist, but like to a different Jar Jar level Jar here. Binks. Jar Jar Binks and uh, um, Death Rose, Sticks guy. Death Sticks guy. Yeah, I mean, we get a lot of sleazy people, but I always love when we can get these sleazy characters. Like, oh, that's a different spin that I hadn't seen in Star Wars before. Like something from the real world that you'd actually get. But um, uh, really, uh, what's going to happen in this episode is he's going to find Leia. You know, Flea has Leia. <laughs> Leia has fleas, uh, one or the other. <laughs> and mm. um, um, he's going to rescue her. And she's constantly questioning, like, oh, oh, are you a Jedi or whatever? Uh, I saw your laser sword. <laughs> Only a Jedi here, that kind of weapon. But, Maybe uh, you killed one. This sort of becomes the, the, the Mandalorian-Grogu relationship here of this episode, uh, protecting which I almost wonder, I know that they, this was in the works before the Mandalorian was ever released. Like, they, they had already started scripting this and everything. But... It's kind of gutsy on Disney's part to go this route now for two of their three TV shows to have like a father-child relationship, especially considering the only child we ever saw in Star Wars before was not received very well with Jake Lloyd. Uh, but it is a little bit like, okay, are you doing the same thing over again? But I think because it's Leia and because, it, you know, she can talk back and it, it brings something completely different. I love that she's always calling him an old man too, <laughs> uh, which again, we're looking at you, McGregor, thinking he has an age. And the funny thing is, if you actually look at some of the close-up shots, they've still tried to add some wrinkles on there that you and McGregor doesn't have. So they're trying to age him and it's like, we do everything we can, but the man's just so youthful and beautiful. It's impossible. And mullet. Mullet is just beautiful. Come on, the, the mullet's kind of back in this one. <laughs> it's a little oh, bit back. Beautiful. But uh, this episode's mostly just me, Leia and Obi Wan sneaking around the streets of um, uh, what do we call it, Haiku or uh, uh, Fat. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Fuyak. Yeah, Fuyak. Thank you, Chu Fat. <laughs> sneaking around, Chu Fat, Fuyak, <laughs> Fuyak, uh, and. Um, uh, she's questioning whether he's a Jedi. He's not giving up too much information. Uh, and also the other thing they do with Leia's wardrobe in this is very clever. When we see her on Alderaan, she's wearing something very similar to the, um, uh, when we see her on Cloud City, right before they take them to see Vader. You know, the, would you like to show me some refreshments outfit she has? And then when he dresses her up here with with the the, the little green cape, I just love the way he said, the little green cape. <laughs> <laughs> And just a little green cape. 
<laughs> and, then, and then she's like, I was like, we don't need the gloves. We don't need the gloves. And, like, and the gloves too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've definitely been in that position with kids. I, did I ever tell you this story about how uh, Casper got his land speeder from a new hope? Like the real one? Like basically like the toy. Like- <laughs> uh, maybe, but let's go with it again for we're both of us who don't remember. We're at a Comic Con. It's not like Casper would have gotten a kick out of Comic Con. I mean, he was like a year old, maybe, but we had no babysitters. So like, yeah, let's take him to Comic Con. He'll see some, you know, costumes or whatever, and there'll be some toys. And Jamie was looking at some stuff, and I just sort of took him. There was a stand that had like all these old Star Wars toys, and he grabs one right out of the bin, which is Luke's land speeder. And uh, I'm like, okay, Casper, let's put it back. And he's refusing to let go of it. So I told the guy, I'm like, okay, I don't have any cash on me. I'm just going to go run, get my wife. Run away with this toy. I'm stealing (laughs) Well, I almost had to do that because uh, I I said, okay, I'm going to go get the money and I'll come right back. And I, I, uh, I, I told the guy, okay, here, you can take this. And I'm trying to grab it. And then the guy, the guy from the store is trying to grab it. And Casper's got like a vice grip, a year old. He's got a vice grip on this. And the guy, it's like R2 and Yoda fighting in Empire Strikes Back. No, yeah, it, this this full grown man is struggling to pull it away from Casper. Casper, not even an expression on his face. is just like, uh, uh, no, no, mine. He's refusing to give it up. And eventually this guy, the store owner is just like, uh, just, just go take the toy and go get it and bring it back to me in a few minutes or whatever. He's like, I'm not going to fight with your kid any longer. Slap that kid in the face. <laughs> Give me my fucking toy. I want my $4. Yeah. He's very but, strong about his $4. <laughs> but yeah, that's how Casper got his land speeder. Right? Basically, uh, being and then did he throw it out as soon as he got home? Just like, no. Uh, well, he's done that with many toys. Not that one, thankfully. Um, <laughs> he's got a couple of Star Wars toys. I think he has a, a Greedo and he's got a Chewy that he also got uh, from the same guy. We went back there and he found more toys. Wow, that guy must love your family. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, just take these. Just, you know, just oh, take the whole store. You know what? Just take it, all of it. I don't need to earn a living, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I got to eat. It's not like I got these kids that I got to These aren't the toys you're looking for. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, when, when she takes the gloves, I guess the gloves too. Uh, but uh, the Inquisitors are on the planet here now. And um, this is where that conflict starts between the Grand Inquisitor who's telling Reva to stand down and she's contacting Vader so she can get the okay to do it. And she's just going ahead with her plan to get Obi-Wan anyways. Uh, and um, we're going to get a bit of a chasing. Leia tries to run away from that. We, we get that scene where she's like, I heard Jedi can make people float. Make me float. <laughs> she does this little <laughs> spin like, wee. <laughs> But she could be very annoying, but she's not. And I'm going to credit yeah. that to the actress because she's not written any differently. You you just read the dialogue. She's written no differently than Jake Lloyd is in Phantom Menace. But like this actress is so full of personality and she works so well with Ewan McGregor. And this has to be Ewan McGregor having kids himself and knowing uh, having a daughter himself and knowing how to communicate because well, Ewan McGregor, you know, in, in the Phantom Menace, I mean, the brief interactions he had with An- Anakin, there is nothing there. <laughs> you know? If I anything, he's annoyed by it. Yeah. The, why do we since we picked up another pathetic life form? <laughs> you should just call her, come here, a pathetic life form. <laughs> when is Obi-Wan warmed on kids is my question. Well, he spent 10 years staring at a child on a piece of sand. So he's like, ooh, that's little boy. I like children. But even the younglings, he's like, hello there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan lost a planet. He has. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Leia's going to eventually escape from one. There's a lot of back and forth when she's running. He's chasing her. Uh, the confrontation is going to come between the Grand Inquisitor, Obi-Wan, Reva. Uh, we get, um, uh, I guess the big thing here is the, the shocking death, or is it, 
of the Grand Inquisitor where Reva stabs him through the chest, which that was kind of the moment where I'm like, okay, I'm behind this character. Like she's an opportunist. She's just looking to move up the ladder. And it, it, it's almost more interesting in a way that you know that none of these characters make it to a new hope because like, it's all for nothing. Uh, but uh, let's also say this spoiler. Uh, if anybody isn't familiar with rebels, um, rebels takes place five years after this. So, Grand Inquisitor, not dead, <laughs> but still it's a surprise because I'm still trying to work on my head. Okay. So do they clone him? Let's hope not. Cause cloning has kind of you know, been done to death in star Wars. Uh, do they just give him a false torso? Uh, <laughs> is he going to be in surgery for the next four weeks? Uh, it's we, star we don't Wars. Know no yet. one dies. We know this. Like it's yeah, just literally no one yeah. dies in star Wars. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like he's obviously not dead, but still it was like this big shock. I'm sure it was a shock. For anybody, uh, I was talking to somebody who's not familiar with Rebels. And they're saying, I'm really disappointed they killed off that villain because he seemed like he would have been really cool. I'm like, oh, you haven't seen Rebels yet? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, these villains will go somewhere. That's all I'll say. Uh, so it's obviously a shock, even just for people who don't know this character. But then for anybody who's familiar with Rebels and knows this guy's the main villain, at least the, the first season. So, sorry to interrupt, but is, mm. is Rebels, that's the one where Obi-Wan finally kills Darth Maul, right? Like, so, yeah. so Darth Maul technically could appear in this. He could. Yeah. And, uh, it, that's five years later too. So I mean, we could have, uh, if we get future season, there's a lot of Darth Maul because that's where we're at. We're in the timeline. You talk about fallen order being five years after revenge of the Sith. This mm-hmm. is 10 years after revenge of the Sith rebels is 15 years after revenge of the When's Sith. Solo solo is about now, isn't it? Solo's around the exact same time period of this. I think. Yeah. About 10 mm-hmm. years before a new hope. So, Hey, Alden Ehrenreich may pop up. We don't know. Yeah, well, because he doesn't, well, he hasn't met Han Solo yet, has he? He knows Chewie, though. Yeah, well, and, and here's the other thing. Um, I, I read some of the, the backstory behind the show, and one of the original ideas they had was not to involve the Inquisitors, but they wanted Darth Maul to be in this this series. And whether it was Kathleen Kennedy or somebody else with Lucasfilm talked them out of it, said, no, we got other plans for Darth Maul, uh, but why don't you use the Inquisitors instead? And so they changed things. But yeah, at one point, Darth Maul was involved in this script, uh, so, I mean, there's, there's always potential and, and really, even though we know we're not getting a solo two and they've talked about having the, um, uh, with the Kira spinoff or whatever, which probably will never happen, but still it's a possibility. There's plans for Darth Maul because there is no way that they, they've had the reaction they've had with that one scene in solo and they're not going to capitalize on that. I mean, they're, they're going to do something with him. Maybe they will reserve a second season of Obi-Wan, even though they're saying they're not doing it. But uh, he's got a problem. Say, this, is, this is just meant to be a six-part thing. This, I, I'm going into this thinking there's not meant to yeah. be a sequel. So Yeah, and there's not. But at the same time, uh, Ewan McGregor's already said, hey, if we come up with an interesting enough story, I would love to do this again. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll get another one a couple of years down the road. But uh, I, I'm, I'm even seeing it right now. We may even get a Darth Maul cameo just for the fun of it. They've done so well with tricking the audience and then giving them characters you didn't expect to get. We're we getting start- Qui-Gon Jinn. We are getting oh, Liam Neeson. Come on. They yes. are not teasing us every single fucking episode. to go. not just kidding. Yeah. Give it to you again like episode three. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing we haven't talked about is that, you know, he's trying to communicate with Qui-Gon. We ended Revenge of the Sith with him and Yoda saying, I'll teach you how to communicate with him. And we don't know whether he's never quite mastered that power or whether he you know, is still trying to work it out. Or if he has, and Qui-Gon's just stopped talking, Qui-Gon's ghosting him. We don't know. <laughs> but, but, Qui-Gon's uh, busy. Yeah, exactly. I've got many things going on here, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, <laughs> In the afterlife. leave me alone. <laughs> we have trade disputes. we got labor disputes. My daughter's <laughs> been kidnapped again. 
but uh, I guess the other main thing we we need to mention here, uh, big twist, if you want to call it that, uh, is that Reva, when she's yelling after Obi-Wan, she basically mentions Vader or whatever and says, you didn't know Anakin's alive, uh, which we get that that final shot with uh, Hayden Christensen. And it's so great to see Hayden Christensen even in the makeup. Like we talked about how are we going to see him in this? Like why bother to get Hayden Christensen? A, we're seeing without a mask. We're going to see him in the next episode a little bit more than that. But even just that one shot, you're like, yes, that's Hayden. That's him. It's not some guy in makeup or whatever. Uh, now, this is, um, we can't call it a plot hole anymore, but it was either the Revenge of the Sith novelization or there was a novel that took place right afterwards, a Darth Vader novel that took place like within weeks of Revenge of the Sith afterwards. And one of those books had uh, an epilogue that was Obi-Wan on Tatooine where he sees like basically a news report, a news flash to the whole galaxy. And Vader was part of that, which is the moment where he realizes he's still alive. Now, obviously that's not part of canon anymore. Uh, but uh, I remember even reading that being like, oh, like, like that's the type of moment you would really love to see in a movie. So even though they're kind of rewriting what once was history and now it's different, Ewan McGregor being able to, that's what's going to set the next episode up. Like his reaction, you realizing 10 years later, he doesn't know Anakin's alive. I mean, which mm. obviously means Vader's kind of been kept secret as well. Yeah, which it, I question that in a little bit because like Vader's got a bit of a tyrannical grip on the galaxy. But from what I've read through or watched some videos on YouTube, there's a Darth Vader comic series and there's, I think there is a Darth, a, a new Darth Vader novel, isn't there? That's canon. Yeah. Um, and cause I, the, one of the ones I watched, it sort of explains about how, you know, Anakin struggles in that suit, like how uncomfortable mm-hmm. it is and how like it's painful. And like, it was very interesting. That- kind of the detail they went into just, you know, what he has to live with in that suit basically. And well, how like, yeah, go, go ahead. Well, George Lucas, um, when they made revenge of the Sith, when he had not just the no moment, but like that, the last shot where he's walking, through that star destroyer before he gets to the window with Tarkin and uh, you know, have his arms crossed, look at the early death star. Hayden Christensen was complaining about how uncomfortable suited. He wanted more time to practice a walk. And George Lucas said, I don't want you to have more time. I want you to basically be walking in the suit the first time when we roll cameras, because Darth Vader at this point doesn't know how to walk. He, he's, mm. he's finding himself. So George Lucas even wanted to make that part of the final shots of revenge of the Sith. That it's like, it's uncomfortable. He doesn't know how to do this yet. Yeah. And apparently there's even something in the comic book where, um, Vader tries to resurrect Padme apparently, and it doesn't go to plan or something. So no, no Padme, you're Kira Knightley. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, I've tried, I tried time down again. I got, here nightly i got rose burn i just can't get natalie portman damn it god damn it she's busy she's doing thor now uh anakin um but yeah like it's it's kind of it, it's interesting to think that he doesn't know that he's alive and uh obi-wan doesn't know that anakin is alive in the van on sundays um but it is a great reaction it, it, it kind of does remind me a little bit of return of the jedi where it's like you've got feelings for sister you have a sister and just kind of like the reaction that he has is like, yes, Anakin is alive. Uh, uh, Anakin. Um, <laughs> so we got, we got an Anakin. We got that, that clip in the, um, Anakin. I think, was it in the, the four minute recap or was it in when, in the third episode when he's kind of like thinking of past things that Qui-Gon says, because I swear we get mm. the Anakin line at one point. Um, but yeah, it is a great, I love the way it ends and kind of, you see like him in the tank, like, dun, dun. 
Um, one thing I wanted to mention though, that's like with everything else in the episode, I, I love seeing Kamal. Uh, we get uh, Tamara Morrison cameo. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. You know, there he is, one of the clone troopers. That was kind of cool. Um, but like, I, I just so was expecting Destix guy to appear on this this planet. Like, I was just like, oh, come on, do it, do it, do it. That would be hilarious. Him on the street, why don't I have Destix? Um, but I love the line um, when Obi-Wan's with Leia and he, he looks at her and he's like, you remind me of someone. It's like, oh, he reminds me of Padme. Mm-hmm. Oh, Padme sort of appearance. It's like, oh, come on. Even that made you feel a little bit like, oh, well, Padme. I, I didn't get it in that. I mean, obviously knew uh, a couple seconds later that's what he meant. But when he first said that, I was thinking he's thinking of Anakin, you know. Uh, but but uh, part of that is just that he doesn't interact with Padme that much. But uh, yeah, it's still it's a great nod to her. And what we're going to get in episode three, I think, is even better. Yeah, no, I agree. But like, I just, it's, it's kind of like, look, realistically, we're not going to get a Natalie Portman appearance. Of course we're not, but mm-hmm. that would be an amazing cameo if we did. But I mean, I, this is the thing that, you know, not just cause I'm a Natalie Portman fan, I'm a Padme fan, but I always feel that it's weird that through all the history of Star Wars, you know, from Leia through to now Ray, that I feel like Padme's always the forgotten one. Padme always kind of just gets swept under the rug. Um, so I kind of just feel like when we get these little mentions like this, it's kind of like, ah, Padme Mm -hmm. mention, yay. Like, you know, that makes me feel happy. So, um, I like that. I like that little moment, but uh, I'm with you with like the Kamal and like the whole, um, like mentalist kind of thing. Like it's fun. And like, he's, you know, kind of the same in everything, but he's like, I, I like him. Like it's kind of, it works when it's a character like an actor that you kind of like, like it's, you know, it's like most people like Will Ferrell. He's kind of the same in everything, but you're like, oh yeah, it's Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just, he's going to be the same in everything. Um, so I just kind of like the, the way he kind of plays this. And I was actually hoping he really would be a Jedi. I'm like, oh, this would be cool. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm a Jedi. But um, no, I, I like him. And uh, I, I had no idea that the Grand Inquisitor was still alive in Rebels. So I just thought he, I just thought he dead. Uh, cool. <laughs> you know, thanks for coming, Rupert Friend. Um, but uh, obviously you got a friend survives. in Rupert friend. You've got a friend in Rupert. Thank Rupert you for being a Rupert friend. Thank you for being a Rupert. Who the hell voted for friend? Travel down the road and back again. <laughs> Is Rocky on the line all the time? <laughs> uh, now, episode three, I, 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 I'm going to say all three of these episodes have their own tone. And I thought I had it figured out after episode two that like the, the, the first one is just, setting the stage is kind of like dark and uh, not dark, but more just depressing. And, you know, Obi-Wan's defeated. It was going to be a dramatic show. And then episode two, it's like, it's action, it's adventure. And episode three, completely different. Uh, this is where uh, Obi-Wan and Leia are going to end on, uh, and on a land planet. Um, they're going to land on. And on the land of one, the land of fine, 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 what now? They're landing on Lando's planet. Um, uh, this planet, I also forget the name of. Let's call this one uh, Fuyum. Uh, okay, so they're on f- Foo Yum now, uh, which... Mapuzo. Uh, oh, yeah, Mapuzo, um, uh, Mafioso. Okay, so they're on this planet, and uh, this is... I think this is something that's maybe a little bit overdone in Star Wars now. Like, yeah, it's not typically a sand planet, but it's still kind of like desert-looking, rocky-looking. Uh, it's sort of Jakku, Tatooine... It, it's it's nothing like new and fresh and that's the one thing that's really still missing from what george lucas 
brought that we talk about the, the, the Disney movies, Ryan Johnson or J.J. Abrams had no ability to create these worlds that look like other worlds. Uh, and I think this one's probably better than Fuyuk, uh, but uh, it's it's still just, it's it's bland. I mean, it, it, it doesn't look that different from anything else. But half of this episode, I was thinking like, is this just going to be like an old dialogue episode? Because it's basically them hitching a ride on Zach Braff's flatbed truck uh, <laughs> on his pickup. And this, this alone is hilarious because we all know at this point with the Mandalorian, the very famous Nick Nolte role. <laughs> yeah, I have spoken. Yeah, so now when you see a character like this, an alien character, like, oh, that's got to be somebody famous. And then I saw the end credits where yeah. Zach Braff's name came up, uh, which there we go, Natalie Portman connection, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this guy's got a wife that's wearing a helmet on her head for <laughs> reasons. <laughs> but uh, it, Sheldon's it's, in this. it's just such a fun character. Like he's, he's just, oh, come on, hop in the truck. I love to help people. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, he's going to have like a little bit of traitor thing later on. Uh so much of this episode is just Obi-Wan and Leia or Luma talking. Uh, I like right before they get in the truck too, where he's reminding you again, it's like, we are farmers from tall. I'm your father and you don't talk. Okay. I don't talk unless you talk to me. I said, no, you just don't talk period. And she goes, hi, I'm Luma. This is my friend, father. <laughs> We're farmers from tall. Uh, but uh, this is that scene with uh, Obi-Wan and uh, Luma, Leia, uh, talking about the, her, her real mother. Did you know my real mother? Yes, I did a long time ago. And then it's like, uh, are you my real dad? And when he's, this is that moment where it's like, <laughs> oh, I wish I could say I was. Is that him saying like, yeah, I yeah. totally was on there too. Anakin just beat me to it. <laughs> well, that was, we've proved everything that we thought back in, in the prequels that he had a thing for Padme because then yeah. it's like, you know, you brought Obi-Wan here. Like, you know, you've turned Obi-Wan against me. It's like, we're fucking Anakin, all right? Like we are... <laughs> Like, seriously, like, I, are you my father? I wish. I mean, um, no, no, I'm not. Um, no, that's this other guy. We don't talk about him. Uh, deadbeat dad, did a runner, uh, turned to the dark side, usual. I'd look after you, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I totally got a vibe from that as well. It's just like, I wish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in a perfect world, maybe. <laughs> Can I just, I just want to say about the Zach Braff thing. Like, I think everybody had the same reaction. Like, it literally got to the credits. And you, yeah. just, you kind of, you look, you're waiting for like, the name <laughs> to me. I was literally just watching a guy for like, Oh, was that really James L Jones? Or did they use like some guy who sounded really like him? But mm. then all of a sudden you see him like, Zach Braff. <laughs> like what? Like it's going to come up my time. And it's going to be like Noah Groves. You're like, Noah Groves. <laughs> That's why he's never available to court lost. Exactly. He's, he's, he's one of the grand inquisitor people. Um, but <laughs> Like, I mean, Jesus, that was just out of nowhere. And then I literally love how you Google it and every single article is like, who was Zach Braff in episode three of yeah. Obi-Wan? Like, everybody's looking like, Zach Braff! There he is. Because I, I think mean, people I, thought it was Seth Rogen. Well, I, I know that you're, uh, I'm going to assume you're a Garden State fan. Uh, that's uh, one of those yeah. movies, like, everybody who saw it when it first came out was like, wow, what a great movie. And then everybody watched it a year later, you were like, whoa, that movie, not necessarily as good as I thought. Uh, I still think it, like, he's underrated as a writer, <laughs> As a director, I, I know he's had like a couple of the movies since then, but to me, he's the guy from Scrubs. I and mean, he's so good on Scrubs. I, I I don't understand why Zach Braff never became a bigger thing because Scrubs mm. was obviously that that's kind of the era where NBC was in the dump. So the fact that it was an NBC show that ran for nine years means nothing. I mean, The Office is a show that ran for nine years and really nobody watched it. It, it was just a show that had low ratings, but people were very dedicated to it and it's kind of grown over time. I don't think that Scrubs has necessarily had that same audience hold over the, like the office did, 
But Garden State was a huge deal. And how he didn't immediately capitalize into turning into the next big, you know, comic actor, how he doesn't have Chris Pratt's career right now or body, I don't know. I remember when Garden State came out, how big it was. And that was kind of peak Scrubs. Well, I mean, I... I came and went with Scrubs. I think I've always said with Scrubs, it was just, it was always flung around TV in Australia to the point where you just never knew what channel it was on, when it was on. So mm. it just, it became difficult to watch. And from what I've seen of Scrubs, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and it would be a show I'd like to watch more of it. But um, yeah, no, I, I loved Garden State. It's been a while since I've watched it. Um, but um, yeah, I think, I think I saw the movie he made next, which was basically just like another Garden State. It's like, okay, Zach, we get it. Like you, 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 this is the type of movie you make. <laughs> um, but I mean, currently sitting in, uh, you know, New York, going to the Garden State quite often of beautiful New Jersey. Uh, I've frequented it recently. Um, I've not seen any Zach Braff's, Natalie Portman's or... Um, the other oh, guy. Why do, I, why do I keep going blank <laughs> no. on Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory's actor's name? What's his name? Uh, Parsons. Jim Parsons. Yeah, or Jim Parsons. Yeah. I have not seen Jim Parsons. Or, yeah, the other guy. That other other guy. <laughs> the other other guy. <laughs> other other guy. But it's just, I, I like how they do this, though. I think it's kind of cool. Like, it it reminds me of South Park, how, like, back in the day, they would used to be like, we're going to get George Clooney in an episode, and he's going to be a barking dog. Like, I mean, that was that was literally what they did in South Park when they got a celebrity. They would just make them bark like a dog, and that was them. Um, so... And like, the thing is, I think I appreciate it too, is that generally you'll get these actors because they're like massive Star Wars fans. So they're going to do yeah. anything they can. And like you and they're I would do Samuel exactly Jackson the same Jackson of this generation. They're begging yeah. for the job. We would do it in a heartbeat. Like if right now it was like casting call Star Wars in Winnipeg and you're like, yes, I will play a pile of shit. Um, you would gladly do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, were you insulting me or suggesting? Well, I was just saying you would play anything in Star Wars. I would play a piece of sand that is coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. Like I would I... literally be sand 7,312. That would be me. Uh, now also, can, can we talk about the title, Obi-Wan? Like the actual graphic, Obi-Wan? The way Obi -Wan? It the sand. It's yeah. sand? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to end with Anakin just to go, no. <laughs> There's got to be something. Like when you see him in this episode walking through the sand, I just want him to just be like, oh, shit, it's in my boot. Oh, not this again. Uh, now, now, the the second part of this long ride to uh, the, the wherever they're going to use to escape Take it easy. Uh, is where the stormtroopers come on board. And I love Obi-Wan saying, I need to get off here. <laughs> let me off, let me off, let me off. Let me off. It's just a reminder of like all the things we did in our episodes. It's just like stormtrooper endless conversation where they're on that thing. It's like, oh, what are yeah. you doing here? Yeah. Long story. Oh, well, we've got the time. <laughs> we get one of those where the uh, one of the stormtroopers uh, in the distance, like, did you hear that about that? No, T14. <laughs> it's yeah. basically the same line from A New Hope. <laughs> Have we got dental yet? Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a very tense scene. And again, it's Ewan McGregor bringing this very subtle fear to Obi-Wan, which the audience isn't respect expecting because you expect him to be the confident Jedi who. Remember in Revenge of the Sith, he was never cocky. I mean, Obi-Wan is the one Jedi that was never cocky or arrogant. He knew what was going on. Even that that line where Anakin's, you know, talk about, do you want me to spy on him? And he goes, no, the council's asking. Like, even Obi-Wan knew it was wrong. Uh, so Obi-Wan's always sort of the one Jedi that's right. And even we see him in New Hope, it's the same thing. So it's just, it's it's so good to see him doing something different where he's kind of afraid of these stormtroopers. It's like, I'm not going to make out of this alive. Uh, mm. And he has yet to break out his lightsaber too at this point as well. And the fight scenes we do see him in, he he 
he's kind of holding his own ish. <laughs> he's, he's aged, but you also kind of get the idea that without the force, what is Obi-Wan? And I think that's the big thing is he, he either can't use the force. It's not like Luke where he's closing himself off from the force, but he either can't use it because he's not strong enough anymore, or he doesn't want to, because he wants to be discovered. Because Obi-Wan could very easily just do the, you know, uh, you don't want to talk to me on this ride. You want to get off now and walk the rest of the way. Uh, he never bothers to do that. But when the truck stops, you almost expect him to. But I, that one line, I do have to question it where he goes, uh, so tell me again you know, where you're going. Oh, it's a long story. It's a long ride. <laughs> 30 seconds later, like, well, this is our stop. <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds in Stormtrooper time is a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, these guys have, have like, you, you kind of feel the fear from Obi-Wan. Like even the performances are getting on these stormtroopers is great. <laughs> They're no longer just these guys. Uh, it's like, we think they may be hiding on levels two and three right now. Fun uh, fact. One of them is Timothy Dalton. Is, is it actually, or is that? No, I okay. just thought every James Bond act has to play one eventually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello there, old buddy. We're looking for a Jedi. Have you seen one? Uh, we gotta start checking the boxes of all like the 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 people who play stormtroopers or any type of weird cameos. We got Zach Braff, Daniel Craig, Prince William, Prince Harry, um, Meryl Streep, and Sync was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> deleted. See, <laughs> if Timberlake doesn't BTS. show up, yes, <laughs> <BTS. laughs> Selena Gomez, Camila Cabello, whatever her name is, Post Malone. Um, <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> Brian Adams. Avril Lavigne, uh, she's got a disease. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like the, the Stormtrooper ride here is very tense. Um, now, when they get to the check stop, this is where you realize Zach Braff's not like the, hey, everybody, hop in my truck. It's a fun ride. It's a slow ride. Take it easy. Uh, where he's like, <laughs> I, I love the way he's like, oh, I just got some passengers here. It's like, Check them out. They look suspicious. <laughs> They're white. They've done something wrong. <laughs> this guy's a little too fond of that little girl. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen men around children before. This doesn't turn out too well for this little girl. Uh, but but the, you were you expecting the Jedi mind trick here too when the Stormtroopers came up? Like, yeah. That's the way I thought this was going to end. A little bit. And, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting the woman the woman to woman. be to be good but um yeah no i was i was expecting it to be like you don't need to check this guy's credentials <laughs> you need to go <laughs> home and rethink your life these aren't the little girls you're looking for <laughs> you Lavigne Lavigne has a disease <laughs> timothy dalton would make a good stormtrooper <laughs> old buddy <laughs> also let's quickly mention the, the accent like or his uh, I guess voice this time around Ewan McGregor actually had some interviews where he talked about how he never could get the Alec Guinness voice, right? Like he, he tried so hard, particularly the revenge of the Sith. And he's like, I couldn't get his voice down, but I've had 10 years to work on it. So he's very proud of the fact that for nothing else, he wants to come back to Obi-Wan. Cause he's like, I couldn't do Alec Guinness before. And now I feel like I could do Alec Guinness. Ooh. And there's all these, <laughs> uh, I could do Alec Guinness over a little girl. <laughs> That's oh. more his type there. <laughs> Forget the little girl. I want Guinness. Alec did we, Guinness. Did we ever talk about the fact that Ewan McGregor's uncle is Wedge Antilles? We did, we did ever, yeah. We did, we did. Okay. Because I saw an interview of that recently and I'm thinking, do we know that? Do we mention that? Well, I think we did. Because okay. now they're saying his daughter is the first ever third generation Star Wars actor, which I guess, you know, that's true. 
wasn't well. Uh, Mark Hamill's daughter was in one of them, wasn't his she? son as well? But then until they have children, kids. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now this character that uh, helps them escape uh, the the imperial officer, like this is again, uh, it's like all the hope we had for Finn in the um, the the sequel trilogy. You're getting a stormtrooper. You're getting a different side of that character, kind of like you know the the, the Kumal Manjiru or whatever, uh, where you're seeing something you're familiar with, but it's like it's different. So the the, the empire is kind of fractured. The, the fact that we get an imperial agent who's actually helping, and we this is basically the underground railroad is what they're doing here. You know, I'm going to take you to this little hut. We got all these tunnels. You know, we're going to give you new identification. There's a person there that they're totally doing the underground railroad here. And it's something that, again, I had never thought about doing in, in Star Wars. But the fact that we get this and then Finn, you know, we're getting, okay, there, there's fractures in the Empire or something different. And this actually- they do it in, Sorry, just quickly jump in. There's um, mm. Battlefront 2, the video game, which is set after Return of the Jedi. They do a similar thing. There's like a female Empire lady who turns- Oh, it's good. always the women. It's always the women. A woman. <laughs> Yes. Okay. You were just confirming they did that there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it reminded me of that. Um, yes. Just but uh, I'm going to guess this character, Tala, that she is going to be in more of this series. But you, again, you never know because when they announce the cast for this, you know, it's the same thing with The Mandalorian. You, they announce, okay, Carl Weathers, Gina Carano, Giancarlo Esposito. And most of them are in like two episodes, maybe three if they're lucky. Uh, but uh, Indira Varma here, now she she was actually a fairly major character on Game of Thrones. So when this show was casting and they said, we've got Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, and then joining them will be uh, Moses Ingram and Timothy Rupert Dalton. Friend and Timothy Dalton, <laughs> Zach Braff and Indira Varma. But she was one of the ones that they promoted heavily since this show began. So I don't know how much more we're going to get from her, but it, it's, a, it's an interesting character. Uh, and also, it is, is it a little bit weird, though, that we're seeing a female Imperial agent? Like, I get it yes. in the Sexist. sequel. Well, I'm saying because of the time period this takes place in. Like, we saw no female officers in the the original trilogy, the sequel or the prequel trilogy. We get it in the sequel trilogy. But we even have a female Stormtrooper in this episode. Mm, and I noticed that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but... Because the other movies around this time period never showed that, and I, I'm not even entirely sure if the animated series did. It's just sort of like, okay, so did they? Was this the trial? We're gonna try out some some women. W- women are gonna be allowed out of the kitchen uh, in order to help with some of our backlog that we have. Uh, well, maybe she's the one, and maybe they go, well, that one woman that yeah. we had, she fucking turned bad. That one stormtrooper. Yeah, like it's a good point because they did go out of their way to kind of like do hairstyles, kind of like seventies hairstyles, yeah. didn't they? Like at the end of the prequels and things like that to kind of connect it um so yeah i don't know like maybe it just literally comes down to the fact she's the only one like mm-hmm. well that experiment fucked up so we're not let's stick with the men <laughs> men aren't traitors men and then only. Darth Vader turns evil uh good again and they're like fuck yeah. all right bring in the women <laughs> this is why the women come back yeah <laughs> it's all vader's fault he's holding yep. us back uh now obviously the, the main thing of this episode is going to be vader's appearance uh now well, we got that one shot which how great is it to see even if it's in the distance Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. Wow. Uh, and then after this, when we get him in Vader, and I just want to talk about Hayden Christensen's performance. He he took a lot of criticism for his acting, which we brought up. Natalie Portman is an Oscar-nominated actress. Her performance is arguably winning. 
winning, actress. fine. Uh, but her performance is arguably worse than Hayden Christensen's in those movies. I mean, outside mm-hmm. of Liam Neeson, Ian McDermott, and Ewan McGregor, nobody gives... Samuel Jackson has some pretty dry line readings in that those movies. And when you add to it that Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman were what, like 19 to 22 when they did those movies you can kind of forgive, you know, the bad acting. And I've always said Hayden Christensen, like watching this and other stuff, he's a really good actor. Uh, and I love that even when he's not speaking this because it's James Earl Jones voice, the way he moves, like he, he put a lot of thought into not just, I want to move like Vader, but there's moments where he's moving and like turning his head or, and I'm like, he's walking like Anakin used to, you know, you like, can tell, yeah, yeah. There's this hybrid in, in a physical performance between I'm going to play my character from Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and David Prowse's character from the original trilogy that I just love. But the way this is all shot, I mean, everybody talked about the Rogue One scene uh, with Vader. Yes, that's fantastic. The Luke scene in Mandalorian, that's fantastic. But this is extended. I was thinking, I was like, please, I actually told Jamie, I'm like, don't let it end here. Don't let it end here as you just see Vader coming in. And the way he's like choking everybody like viciously, like this guy's a savage killer. And again, just the fear in Obi-Wan's eyes, where it's not even necessarily fear like, you know, uh, oh, he's going to kill me. It's like, I, I, am not emotionally equipped to deal with this because he's still getting over the fact that this is the kid that he raised. Like to him, this is still Anakin. It's not Darth Vader. Right. Uh, but just the, this is maybe the most savage we ever see Vader, including when he's choking the Imperial officers and empire strikes back, uh, or even in a new hope on the boardroom scene, that's different. Like these are innocent people. He's like walking past this guy there you go. You're dead. Walking past this guy. There you go. You're dead. And I'm like, if they end that episode here, like I'm going to die, but it keeps going. We actually get a fight scene the way that it's shot with, you know, Obi-Wan's lightsaber, just in the dark, just glowing on his face. And then such a Darth Vader thing where he's just talking to, you can't hide forever. Obi-Wan. Like it's like empire strikes back where he's talking. This doesn't need to be a big fight. And this is what the sequels missed. The sequels had mediocre lightsaber combat for the choreography very little drama with the exception of maybe a, you know a brief moment here or there in each of the lightsaber battles this entire thing is just perfect like this is on level with the empire strikes back and the fact that the way it ends when he finally catches obi-wan he's like you're gonna suffer the same he, he, he could just say you're, you're i'm gonna burn you alive like you burned me alive <laughs> instead he's just loving like, this yeah but he, he sets the ground on fire and he drags him in there and he says you're gonna Colin's suffer like yes Yes, burn, burn. Uh, but this is part of what we're going to see. Like, Obi-Wan's not physically going to be able to do a lot of the things that he was able to do. Like, this is going to beat him down. And and Vader, I mean, we're seeing him fight the way a man in a robotic suit would. So we're starting to bridge the gap in a lot of ways in this fight scene to show why A New Hope is the way it is. But it's so effective and it's terrifying to watch as well. You know, Obi-Wan's obviously going to get away in the end. Uh, but uh, wow, this like this appearance surpassed my expectations. And one of my nephews asked me a couple weeks ago, you know, when do you think we're going to get the first lightsaber fight, whether it be Vader or somebody else? And I told him, I think they're going to wait till close to the end. I'm glad they did it in episode three because everybody was waiting for this as they build it, the rematch of the century. And the fact that it's not going to be one rematch, like we're probably going to get another, we guarantee we'll get another one. There's this, and they'll probably meet again. You know, Leia, of course, is kidnapped by Reva. That's the other important thing. But uh, yeah, wow, what an episode. What a last 15 minutes. Well, I just say, I think I watched like a recap video. I think it's, um, fuck, I've, got, I've watched a few of his videos before. Star Wars Theory or Star Wars. Like, he's really good. He, he does a lot of really good videos. I'd recommend his channel. If I wish I could remember the, the actual channel. I'm sure if you're a Star Wars fan, you know him more than you know us. It's fine. <laughs> um, but 
he was sort of saying about how, well, yeah, this can't be the last fight because, you know, they've just gone and fucked up a new hope when you've got the line of, when we last met, I was just a learner and you were the master. Now I'm the master now. So, like, um, like clearly everyone's got to slap this bitch down, basically, <laughs> to uh, put him in his place. But uh, the other thing, I don't know if you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I love it when we see Vader and Mustafa. And we oh, see yeah. him, like, getting his, like, suit put back on. I kind of like that when, like, Obi-Wan's, you know, he's got those, he's, you know, like, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon, and he's hearing all those voices from the past. Voices from the past. We've got a um, <laughs> bloody um, spectre now. Um, but, yeah, like, I kind of like it then when you see, like, the suit-up scene and then he's, like, having a Skype call with uh, <laughs> with with Reva, basically. He wants to, like, if you... Get me, Obi-Wan, you will be the new Grand Inquisitor. But if you don't, you will be dead because I'm Vader. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but, like, I like his, like, just, I love his castle on fucking Mustafar. It's great. Anytime. I just, <laughs> just want to hang out here. I just want the, the Vader sitcom of, like, this week <laughs> on Vader. Oh, I've burnt my toast again. Ah! <laughs> Did somebody let some lava in? Ah! <laughs> Um, but even also the other bit I like in this episode is when we see, um, and I've got the name of it, the Grand Inquisitor, like the planet where they've got like their big temple thingy. Oh yeah. Which, um, according to that video, it's where the empire bring force sensitives to, you know, basically turn them evil or torture them to death essentially. So that's kind of where they do it. Um, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, oh God, the Vader stuff. Fucking hell. I wasn't. Like, I, I, for one, wasn't thinking we'd ever get to see these two meet until the last episode. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm with you. Like, I love this fact that we see this and just, like, fucking Vader walking down and just, oh, what's going on there, little kitty? Dead. Uh, what's going on there, Grandma? Dead. Uh, like, I mean, because this is the thing, I think, that, like, is kind of working with this and everyone complained in the prequels, like, oh, this whiny little bitch, that's not Darth Vader. Like, you know, he oh, boo-hoo, I've got a broken heart, so I'm going to turn bad. <laughs> like, like... I think this is important, the fact that we've got Hayden Christensen back playing this character because, you mm-hmm. know, you can tell it's him when he's walking in that suit. Like, you can actually tell just the mannerisms, the way he's walking. So that kind of really does tie it into it. And I don't know about you, but, like, sometimes there were moments in, you know, the pre- the original trilogy where you kind of do try and picture that as Anakin and you kind of go, yeah. oh, can you? Can you picture it? But, like, I think this is helping. And, like, yeah, I love kind of like the battle between them and, even the way that kind of Vader's kicking his ass and just like it, it, and like straight away I'm going like, wow, they're totally retconning A New Hope to make it see why it's like two old men beating at sticks. Mm-hmm. Like you can see these two fighting right now. Like it's just, it's how it is. You've got a guy in a robot suit versus a guy who's not fought in 10 years. Um, but even just like the whole scene of him like fucking dragging him in the fire, like you will die slowly. I'm not finished with you. Bring him to me. Um, so like, I, I and I kind of saw some criticism, I think on something where it was like, well, we just saw Vader put out the fire. So when What's-A-Face burns the things again, why doesn't he put the fire out again? Yeah. Well, he's toying with him. Like, I mean, this is the thing. Like, you know, it's it's we kind of see that all the time in the other Star Wars movies with Vader. He could get them at any point. Like in Cloud City, when the chip goes off, he just gives up, walks away, oh, I'll get him next time. Like, that's mm-hmm. just a Vader thing. That's just what he does. I'll get you next time, Obi-Wan. <laughs> and your little dog, too. <laughs> um, But, yeah, like, it's just, it's just awesome. Like, it's just so cool to kind of see it and just... Even the way, like, the the lighting with the lightsaber is kind of oh, almost yeah. using it as, like, a glow stick. Like, it's just, it's awesome. It's epic. And I think the questions we had about, like, how are these two going to meet? Because, like, you know, it's sort of implied in A New Hope that they haven't met since uh, they battled on Mustafar. But, again, it makes sense. Like, I mean, 
it's nine years until a new hope when we get the Vader. I've sent something, a presence that I have not felt in like nine mm-hmm. years is a long time. Like, you know, like kind of he's feeling him out. Well, yeah, yeah. And that, that was the other plot hole thing that I said we had to discuss, which you know, has been the big talking point in this. Well, how could they meet? If you watch A New Hope, they never say the when the last time they met was. They never say it yeah. was when you did this. The last time we met, I was but the learner now I'm the master. People are interpreting that as like, okay, well, you know, he wasn't his, it, that means he had to have been his apprentice, but that, that, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, I was, but the learner, it could just mean he's become more powerful in the dark side. He's basically saying I am a master. It, it's funny because what, what, what really made me think of was the revenge of the Sith thing, which has become kind of big meme uh, uh, fodder now with uh you know we do not grant you the rank of master has become like this big joke now it's like no (laughs) but you could tie that in like that makes total sense that he has been chasing to be a master of something and maybe at the end of this somehow we're gonna have you know a palpatine be like you are now a master of the dark side or whatever and that's all he means or it could just mean he got more powerful but they never state when the last time they fought was and when you see the way they approach each other too, I mean, this is why I know we're going to have another fight after this because Obi-Wan's coming in confident, you know? And if it's after this, there's no way he comes in confident. So we're going to have Obi-Wan have to get the upper hand at some point before the end of the season. And Vader is somehow going to be defeated. And then Vader is going to have to recover from that somehow, which makes him think he's more powerful in A New Hope. Which, I mean, you, you can get it to at a point where like, you know, when we got Revenge of the Sith and then it ties into A New Hope, we never thought we were going to get things in between hand that explained other things outside of novels and comics. We never thought we'd be talking about this. You know, there was always rumours yeah. of a Obi-Wan movie and all this kind of stuff. But, like, just imagine, like, if they kept it as canon of Obi-Wan meets Vader for the first time on the Death Star <laughs> yeah. 19 years after their fight on Mustafar of, oh, we meet again. Last time then, pew, 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 a couple of sticks, dead. Like... Mm-hmm that would be kind of crap. Like, and that's kind of what a lot of people complained about for the most part when that happens. Like, well, really? We have this epic battle of Muspah and that's it. So, like, I kind of like that we're getting a little bit of explanation here and there of, you know, a couple of bits. And it, yeah, sometimes people complain, like, oh, you go overboard with explaining things. But, like, at the same time, like, well, it makes sense and it makes it a better picture. It's kind of like the the whole scene where Obi-Wan is sort of, you know, jokingly like, oh, yeah, I wish I was your father. But, like... Mm-hmm. Because, like, he's obviously mentioned, like, I, I, to me, I took that whole scene of them trying to retcon Leia's stupid line in Return of the Jedi of, like, I remember my mother, you know, like, because he's basically saying, like, yeah, like, I sort of remember, like, I remember my father's hand. I remember my mother this. I have, and and I think I have a brother. brother. Like, and, like, that to me is kind of like, because he's explaining to her about, like, Jedi, like, we're taken Mm -hmm. away, but we have, so, like, that to me is, like, a perfect way of, explaining why Leia in Return of the Jedi is like, yeah, I have some slight memories of Natalie Portman, even though I was a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, so it kind of, I like that scene too, where they're kind of explaining things which fans have complained about forever. Um, and they're kind of doing it in a way where it makes sense. Yeah. And I was going to mention that too, because that has long been like, oh, they made a mistake in this. It's like, well, first of all, we, we talked about Revenge of the Sith. One of the cool details that I read brought up once, like if you're actually watching the birth scene, Luke's eyes are always closed. Leia's are open. So there is something that, that could be imprinted on her. And that scene, I think we're going to get something more of that later where, where maybe Leia's upset, you know, oh, I wish I had known my real parents. You know, I'm not a real, because they, 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 they went out of their way to have her cousins be like, you're not a real Organa. So that's obviously going to be part of Leia's character in this, that I don't belong. And Obi-Wan's going to maybe give her some type of, maybe he's just going to, 
you know, tell her, I want you to just close your eyes and, and, and think like this. And he's going to teach her without her realizing a one minor force power. Well, she'll have a flash. Uh, we get an Ellie Pullman cameo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even if it's just a flashback, we'll get something, but I, I 100% agree with you. They're going to lead there. One fan theory I want to quickly bring up before we wrap this up. Um, Star Wars fans can be pretty dumb. Like we, we bring up a lot of these, Oh, this is a plot hole. And we're like, well, no, you know, it, it's not necessarily a plot hole just because, you know, last time we met, they don't identify when, but people are, are trying to say something exists that I'm like, that is clearly a plot hole. It's become very big in the last 24, 48 hours. People talking about Reva's character and saying that not only is she a former Jedi, which we have that you know, dropped about the Inquisitors. Some of them are former Jedi that turn, which also is very important because you're going to have to understand that, you know, these Jedi, again, is from a certain point of view, they're being led to believe that the Jedi were wrong. And so, so a lot of them are deceived, but even the ones who aren't deceived, I mean, Ahsoka, Ahsoka's character, you know, we're probably going to get into it more in the Ahsoka TV series, but if you watch the Clone Wars, she left the Jedi Order before Order 66 ever happened, like long before it happened, because she's like, I, I don't I don't agree with the Jedi anymore. I, I'm not turning to the dark side at all. I just, I can't follow the Jedi as an order. So there are people who are disillusioned and all that, but the big theory, which obviously makes sense, is that Reva is a former, you know, Jedi, um, but uh People are trying to tie it into the youngling scene where Anakin shows up. Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? And they, they point out one little girl in that scene that they're like, this is Reva. Yeah, that's exactly what he sounds like. But, but they, they point out, they're like, this one character in the background there, that's going to be Reva. And I'm like, how dumb are you people? I thought that this would be something where I would look on these threads and you know, 90% of the people would be given the same argument I'm making. Nobody seems to understand Reva is not 16 years old in this show, you know? This is 10 years later. She is not going to be a 16-year-old. So I'm saying right now, she's not that kid. She is probably some former gender, some former apprentice, maybe in her teens. But there's no possible way that she was one of the younglings of the temple, which it seems like 90% of fans seem to believe right now, even though the timelines don't make any sense. It's like the Owen Grady rumor in Jurassic Park that he's the, you know, that doesn't look very scary. Yeah. yeah, I, I I didn't know that was a theory, but it's like, what is it, Yodel, Yaddle, the, Yaddle, the yeah. mother of uh, Grogu. <laughs> um, the, the other, the two quick things, actually, I mean, apparently, I actually, I did, I do remember seeing it. So is it the first episode we see C-3PO for like two seconds? Yeah. Um, so there's that one. Who is the character, the one that I'm seeing a lot of people going a bit cray-cray for? is Obi-Wan when he's reading the text of the Jedi, like, on the wall. Oh, yeah. So he says, Master Quinlan was here. Um, we talked about him in Revenge of the Sith. There's right after the briefing that Anakin missed, where Obi-Wan's reprinted him, saying, you missed the briefing. And he goes, in short, you know, uh, this is what's going on. He says, Master Voss has moved mm. the troops. Uh, Quinlan Voss was a character that was created in the novels and the, the comic books that was, like, insanely popular. And George Lucas decided I, I want to give a nod to this character. He actually at one point was supposed to be featured live action. I think now they've even he's in revealed. The Phantom, he's in the Phantom Menace. No, not the Phantom. In Revenge of the Sith, there was a uh, a deleted scene at some point because there's actually a, a shot that's been shown of his character. So uh, George Lucas loved this character but that was in the comic books. He's apparently in the Phantom Menace. Though. So the scene with Sebulba's oh, yeah, yeah. fighting, you see him in the background. Like he's yeah, like, they've, got they've that. Yeah. Yeah, re- retroactively said that's him there. Yeah, so... 
but yeah, like he's a character that George Lucas just loved from like the comics and the novels, which that's also something really cool that George Lucas would go out of his way to read all the stuff that his other people wrote. I mean, and, and approve it as well, but he loved that character. And there's always been talk about that character coming back. Uh, apparently when he wrote revenge of the Sith, he specifically wanted to leave him out of it because we know George Lucas had ideas for that Star Wars Underworld TV series, which they filmed like 15 minutes of the footage you can even see online now. And Quinlan Voss is supposed to be one of the main characters. But yeah, that's him there. And, and you even see the Jedi emblem uh, that's mm. drawn on the wall, which is what Reva sees as well. So obviously they, they even say, yeah, other Jedi have passed through here, which is when he sees Quinlan Voss's name. He said, like, Obi-Wan was here, lol. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm with stupid arrow pointing to Quinlan boss's name. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Yoda. Um... <laughs> Hi, I'm Yoda. <laughs> That's how... Yoda I am. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was the one time. And then he's like, lol, only kidding me. I, I am. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we don't know what we're getting next week. But obviously it's going to be the search for Leia now. That's probably going to be the second half of the series. We'll get Vader and Obi-Wan fighting at some point. I don't, we don't really have any predictions. Oh, gone, Jin. We know we have to get Qui-Gon. And I, I swear I heard that Liam Neeson was going to be part of this. But at the same time, we also know he filmed a scene for Revenge of the Sith that was cut from the movie and has never been seen. Like they they, they never released it on the, the DVDs or anything. Uh, but he all, Liam Neeson is kind of like Ewan McGregor. You know, he's like, okay, forget about what beautiful. critics say. He's a beautiful man, yeah. But like, forget <laughs> from, about what critics say. British like, Isles. <laughs> he, he loves Star Wars so much that when they brought his character into the Clone Wars animated series, um, they brought Liam Neeson back to do the voice. And Liam Neeson was willing, like, I'll definitely do the voice of Qui-Gon again. So when you have an actor that's that willing to come back and do something for Star Wars, like, we got to see him. Like, and it was the biggest cock tease ever. If they literally go six episodes, no, any kidding. We've just mentioned yeah. his name a few times. Like, you know, like it's kind of, it, it's not even to a point now where it would be like, I was almost expecting that first episode for him to just appear. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like surely like they can't keep dropping his name 50 times and all of oh, a sudden yeah. he doesn't show up. I'll be like, it's happening you, pretty much, Kennedy. Yeah. It's happened in almost every episode so far. So it's going somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it was in, um, Empire Strikes Back, bad, bad. Yeah. But I guess we see him straight away, don't we, at the beginning? So Well, but yeah. but we, it also kind of reminded me, the Obi-Wan scene, especially in episode three, it reminded me of um, the end of the Empire Strikes Back where Luke's asking for, Ben, please, when he's hanging from Cloud City. Because it's mm. kind of Obi-Wan saying the same thing, Master, Master, please speak to me. I don't know. So he's trying to communicate with him here. Like, they're, they're almost, really teasing. Almost kind of expect a, I mean, we could get a Yoda cameo. Like he oh, could, yeah. He could bugger off to Dagobah, basically, and just be like, sup, Yoda, I'm fucked. I'd <laughs> go into the creepy forest with the, anim- <laughs> you know, your weapons. You will not need them. Oh, I'm not falling for this bullshit, Yoda. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we're going to be trying to come back next week, I'm guessing, to do episode four. We'll try to do every week, if we can, for the next yeah, three. I, I just looked into the airing date of the finale, and that will be when I'm uh, somewhere over the Pacific Ocean. So, uh Good to see Perfect. that when I land back in Australia, I will have, uh, you know, be like, oh, great, cool. So uh, hopefully there'll be like all these like rumors on the internet. Oh my God, and the internet's blowing up and I won't get spoiled as soon as I land. But no, we'll, I reckon we come back next week and we do this like we were meant to weekly. Yeah. When Natalie Portman turns out to be Reva, gone through gene oh. therapy, like can die another day. <laughs> Natalie Portman's in that robot, the droid suit thing that does She's Lola. No, <laughs> oh, she's that. Just protecting uh, protecting Leia. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
uh, other stuff we got coming out with 24 and Breaking Bad and um, uh, Jurassic World slash Jurassic Park. We're, uh, we're going to have a best of for the first four movies, uh, the best of moments from Jurassic Park 1, Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, and Jurassic World. And then uh, by next week, we'll have uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom recap. So we will officially complete the series up until now. Uh, until we get to Jurassic World Dominion, which comes out in what, only like a week now, uh, mm. then Ben will literally be within oh. spitting distance oh. of Jeff Goldblum for. Oh, like like we talked about how I paid my money to go see Kiefer. You know, <laughs> I, I I got to be in a room with Kiefer. Then I hunted down Daniel Craig, you know, paid money to see him do Shakespeare and had him wave at me, um, took a photo and a video of Daniel Craig. Well, that gets topped by everything, folks, because somehow I found out that here in New York next week, they're doing a live Q&A before Jurassic World Dominion featuring Colin Trevorrow, Bryce Dallas, Texas Howard, <laughs> one of the new actors in it, and Jeff frickin' Goldblum. <laughs> um, so my friend and I looked at it, and this is like, you know, IMAX, and I've never even seen proper IMAX. So, of course, I, I don't like sitting front row in movies, let alone IMAX. I can't imagine that's going to be fun. But, like, literally the only seats that were left were, like, about three from the front or the front row. There was, like, a few left in the front row. So, I'm like, do I put up for 20 minutes, uh, you know, sitting front row with Jeff Goldblum sitting right in front of me so I can crook my neck and see a three-hour, three hours, folks, Jurassic World Dominion is, um, versus, uh, you know, going and seeing again a couple of days. So, I'm putting up with seeing a three-hour IMAX movie in the front row so I can have Jeff Goldblum spit on me. <laughs> I'm literally, and if I put my hand up and ask a question, I'm like, Jeff, Jeff, spit on me with your shirt open. Um, call me names. Um, but no, Jeff Goldblum will be in front of me. That's all I can say. That is yeah. a sentence I've always wanted to say. And if things go Ben's way, he may be on top or underneath him by the end of the night. <laughs> I may run the stage. I may jump on him. I may make the news. But I will wear an Oz Network t-shirt while I'm doing it. And when they're dragging me off stage, I love you, Jeff. Live to the Oz Network. <laughs> uh, ben will fulfill his dreams and maybe I'll get lucky and you and McGregor will pop up front and center for the Obi-Wan finale here in my living room. I don't know. In your living room. It comes out of your bedroom. Hello, Colin. Jamie says that she needs some milk. Roger Moore, apparently. Um, Everybody becomes Roger Moore when you do the impressions. All right. So, uh, yeah, get excited for that. Um, We will be back. We will be back with the dogs and more Obi-Wan and more Lola and more Flea. Uh, and more fleas on Lola and Obi-Wan and Leia and <laughs> maybe Anthony Kiedis and the rest of the Chili Peppers as well under a bridge. Um, <laughs> give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away, give it away now. now. Californication. Hotel. I was going to say Hotel, Hotel, Hotel California. California? <laughs> Californication. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Hotel Californication. Uh, my name is Colin and welcome to the Hotel Fuyuk. And hi, I'm Yoda. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. 
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.